Hello again, Canada. Tony here. Today's date, still March 21st, 2020. Now, for those of you who listened to our special full episode recorded earlier today, um, thank you. And I'm going to continue on with a couple of points that we had discussed in that show. So if you have not listened to our full episode, I would strongly encourage you to hit pause right now on this particular episode go back listen to our full episode 58.0 and then come back to this so you'll have at least a point of reference and for those of you who follow our facebook page uh, canadian common sense you will get a little hint from some of our posts on that page as to what's coming in in this rant right now okay all that aside Let's get ranting. Now, Lewis and I had talked about this whole Wuhan virus, coronavirus, COVID-19, as it's now becoming more popularly known as, because God forbid we don't want to say it came from China, even though it came from China. Um, Lewis had discussed how we dealt with other pandemics in the past and I want to touch on that a little bit and then sort of move the discussion forward as to some of the solutions for the problems that have have been caused as a result of this pandemic. Now largely this pandemic has been exacerbated let's say by government and more specifically by a government policy or government edict that has come out, uh, you know, in response to this epidemic. Sorry, it's called a pandemic. The who said so. <laughs> uh, I'm always going to make fun of that. Now, I've, uh, I've, been, I've been blasted by friends of mine on both the left and the right side of the political spectrum f- for not taking this whole virus and it's, you know, as seriously as many in our society would want us to take it. And I'm not changing my position on that. I stand by my assertion that our government and indeed all of us have overreacted in our response to the to the pandemic. And even with when calling it a pandemic, I believe that we have overreacted. However... That's what's done is done. So I can complain about the overreaction or I can worry about and discuss how we are going to deal with it now. And that's where I choose to go because there are certainly better ways we could have handled this. Um, for instance, a friend of mine had actually posted on his Facebook and got blasted just like I do or have been when he suggested that instead of flattening the curve, Effectively, we accelerate the curve. Now, this particular friend, if you're listening, you know exactly who you are. Because he, he suggested that we protect the vulnerable in our society, those who are most susceptible to the Wuhan virus, isolate them, quarantine them if necessary, and allow the rest of society who is not as susceptible, not as vulnerable, to continue working and living their lives and let the virus run its course and those who are not as susceptible to getting sick will get it, fight it off, develop uh, somewhat of an immunity to it and then as 
the virus recedes, the the vulnerable in society, you know, come out of their isolation and we continue on. I thought that would be a great idea. In our show earlier today, Lewis said said that's exactly how we had dealt with pandemics in the past and it allowed for most of us to keep working and keep an economy functioning so that once those who were in quarantine were able to come out of quarantine and were feeling better, they were able to join right back into the economy and pick up where they left off. Well, why we cannot do that this time and why we are facing such economic turmoil this time around is because governments, what did I say, overreacted and what overreacted by shutting down almost our entire economy. And what now is going to happen is the economies around the world are going to see a very excessive shrinkage in the next few months. There's going to be major disruptions in supply chains because a lot of countries in the world had depended on China for a lot of the pieces of their production pies, as it were. And Chinese factories have been shut down for a couple of months now, so there's going to be some supply shortages. North American warehousing is pretty good. So there's, I think, as far as North America is concerned, we will, we will probably weather the supply chain storm fairly well. Um Europe possibly as well because the German economy is very, very much set up for export. And I mean, their manufacturing is largely in-house, although they there certainly are Chinese components to many German manufactured machinery. So there'll be some interruption in Europe as well. But I mean, as we see supply chains start to dry up or at least see some blips in the radar in our supply chains, we're going to have to deal with that as a society. Now, anyway, where does government fall in play in here? Now, I realize I'm kind of jumping back and forth here, but it really actually hit me while Lewis and I were making our show earlier today that I have to, unfortunately, alter my way of thinking because you've probably, those of you who listen to the show regularly and those of you who know me personally, know that my mantra is that government is never the answer. And I firmly believe that government really is never the answer. And it slapped me across the face during our episode earlier today that government has to be the answer in this particular case because it is government who has created this mess. It's government who has forced businesses to close, who has forced restaurants to close, forced private gyms to close, forced you know, multiple businesses to close, theaters, nightclubs, anybody who is able to gather a crowd, banquet halls, museums, you name it, government has forced a large sector of our economy to close and thereby forcing hundreds of thousands, millions of people out of work. In Canada alone, 500,000 claims for employment insurance have been filed in the last week. So the system will be overwhelmed and it will be one very big nightmare to try to catch up to all these claims. But 
people are feeling the effects of edicts that have been brought down by government. And airlines, for example, with travel bans are going to be parking in an awful lot of airplanes. So, A, where do they all fit? Well, that's uh, one big question is logistically. Where do they all fit? Where are you going to park them all? And B, for how long are they going to be parked? C, having them parked for so long is going to cost, well, a lot of jobs for airlines and cost those airlines a lot of money that they're not making. And airplanes aren't cheap, so that's going to hurt the airline business. Now, I had said earlier today, how do we justify a government bailing out for example, airlines or other large companies who are end up parking equipment or shutting themselves down because of government policy. I really did not want to say that government was the answer to that question. I truly believed before our episode started that government just needs to stay out of the way and find some way through regulation and, other, and the regulatory environment to allow these businesses to get back on their foot. But I now understand that, or at least I'm starting to understand that, God damn, Lewis was right again. And he does do that sometimes, and he often does that at the times when he doesn't want to be right. But in this case, I think he just just realized this is what has to happen. So now I'm unfortunately starting to get where he was going with it. Now, you won't ever accuse either one of us, Lewis or myself, of being a socialist. But in this case, because it is the government who got us into this mess, and, that, and not just the Canadian government. I mean, that's governments everywhere. Government has to find some way to fix this mess. Now, if you look in the United States, the Trump administration has actually passed a payroll tax cut and they're they're looking at a lot of measures to try to help the private sector to kickstart the economy once quarantine and self-isolation etc are over and I wish them all the best I wish them all the success and in a smaller economy like Canada I afraid we have to look to the government for some guidance as to how to fix this problem and unfortunately there's going to have to be some government interruption or interference in our in the economy in order to get things going now does it have to be you know forgiveness of debt altogether on the part, part of our government i don't know i don't know if that's necessarily the the way to go but as lewis pointed out low interest loans will probably not help the smaller of small businesses because it just adds on to debt that a lot of them already are carrying, you know, a lot of them carry, carry a lot of debt already. And, you know, a small business owner can only put so many mortgages on their own home to try to finance their company. I mean, at some point in time, you've got to decide what's more important. And small business is what drives the economy in Canada. So, God, I may just really hate to admit that government does have to step in. And I wonder if this is one possible solution. And this is where I want to go with kind of the second part of my rant here. And as I say, for those of you who follow our Facebook page, here's where that, where, where that hint came in handy, is maybe one way the government can help spur the Canadian economy 
back up. And I think that it's going to be a, a, a bounce right back up once the economy starts because once people get working again, then you're going to be getting out of the house, spending some money, and you know, helping to kickstart that economy. But maybe the government needs to find some way to encourage all of us in Canada to shop locally. Now, there's been a movement around the world over the past, I'd say, decade at the very most to shop locally anyway. And I think more than ever, this now is going to hit home, not only just to shop locally, but to produce locally. And I think that supply chain interruptions, which, excuse me, are going to happen and are happening already, will be exacerbated when people get back to work and start building things again, putting things together, etc. And I think there's going to be a very strong rationale behind sourcing more locally made products and more, you know, local manufacturing, even if it's local just within your own province or, you know, the, the province next door or something who are set up for such things. I think that the businesses are going to understand that putting all of your eggs in one basket, you know, for example, sourcing product from China because it's cheaper is not going to be the best way of doing business going forward because, oh, enter Wuhan virus, China's entire economy shut down for two months. Now where are you going to get your goods? And... You know what? Uncle Sam is quite happy to say, here you go, made in America, until the until that border closes because of the next pandemic. So there's going to be a stronger incentive for businesses in Canada to look internally and say, maybe we should start making some of this stuff here. And maybe the, you know, bit, the higher potential costs of making stuff in here is worth it for the security of knowing you have got security of supply. And just maybe they'll, the net result will be we'll end up having more jobs in Canada for Canadians. And then, God, to paraphrase Justin Trudeau, the economy can can heal itself. <laughs> How could I think like Justin Trudeau? I don't, but it's just that's uh, certainly a good tagline. So in this humble podcaster's opinion, I think the one good way to spur our economy back onto its feet again is to start looking within and finding ways to shop local. So ladies and gentlemen, don't be afraid to look to your local businesses down the street and don't be afraid to turn off the Amazon app for a day or two. Hello, Canada, and welcome to another Canadian Common Sense Rant. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony.
and Tony.